The reading for the day is from Matthew chapter 16. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. In that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? yet forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. And so Jesus asks his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, there are a few major camps few choices in America today. I'm going to focus on four. Calvinist Presbyterians, they say that Jesus is fully God and fully man, just like us, but his human nature is stuck, trapped at the right hand of God. So he can't become bodily present in his church, let alone in communion. A Roman Catholic priest would say that Jesus is the Son of God and the Son of Man, just like us. But he's high in the heavens on a throne, and he doesn't care about what you have to think or say. Your prayers and your begging for mercy can only make it to him if you put in the word through Mary or some other saint. 
one who can give you mercy out of their own personal treasury of good works and not even have to ask Jesus. And not to mention Christ's death on the cross that only pulls a nail out of your hand. And you need to rely on your acts of mercy, so your own good works, and an indulgence that you may purchase or earn here in the year of Mary and the Eucharist, 2022, for that wound to heal. So-called non-denominational churches say that Jesus is Lord. I don't know if they'd venture into whether he is fully God and fully man, but if you try to go beyond that, you are being an elitist. Just wait until we shun you. But also, please get rebaptized. Your first one didn't count. Don't worry about the Nicene Creed, where you say that you believe in one baptism for the remission of sins. And finally, the pagan, the heathen of this world, your average person at Jewel, a non Christian, they would call Jesus a good teacher, cool, handsome, a socialist, maybe queer. But who do you say that I am? Jesus asks you. Thanks be to God, we get the easy response. Right from the mouth of Peter, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But how do we say that? Through our confession of faith, our public worship, how we treat one another, how we treat lowly people, and how we treat the elements of the Lord's Supper. At a church on Sunday in St. Louis, a friend from seminary, after service, joked with me about how he thought it was over the top or ridiculous that I knelt before going up to take communion. It made me wonder... What does this say about what he believes is happening up there? Is it all just pageantry? Is it all just a ritual? Or is Christ Jesus up there? And if Christ Jesus is up there, then why can't I kneel before my Savior, Jesus Christ? And so he asks you again, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? This is a question that every Christian has to answer for his or herself. You will be asked this on the last day by Jesus himself. All of a sudden, it won't be a virtue for you to remain ignorant about it or to say, oh, I never looked into it. Or, I don't want to pretend like I know everything. And so, in a final point, when one communes at an altar... They are sharing the confession of what that church is confessing 
to not only be on that altar, but to become a part of it yourself. Paul writes about this. It's very strange. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice a lamb. Passover lamb, yeah. They would sacrifice it. And in the sacrifice, it would get cooked. You know, often they would call it a whole burnt offering or a holocausto. And after they had offered up the sacrifice to God, to God, you know, and cooking meat smells good. And so that's kind of the idea behind smoke going up from a cooking animal being a sacrifice and payment for sins to God. After that, they would divide up the lamb. The priests would eat it and all the people who were worshiping in attendance would eat the Passover lamb the sacrificial lamb. And so everyone who partook in eating that lamb partook in the sacrifice, partook in that Passover lamb. They ate the lamb for the forgiveness of their sins. And so isn't it strange they actually ate a lamb that 1,500 years later, someone would spread a rumor that when we eat communion, we are not eating Christ in the bread and the wine. When we drink communion, we are not drinking Christ's blood in the wine. You see, those Israelites were not eating symbolically something that was standing in for a lamb, they were eating the lamb. And in so doing, becoming one with the sacrifice. And therefore, when we take communion from an altar, we are becoming one with the sacrifice, with the um, confession Specifically, what I say before we take communion is, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But Jesus has something strange to tell us. He tells us, there are some of you here today, some of you standing here, that won't even die until I return. And so we eat this bread, we drink this cup, We eat Jesus. We drink Jesus. We take on the confession of this altar until he comes. Expecting completely and fully that he will return any moment. And living in that expectation and complete faith that Jesus will return at any moment causes us to live different lives. When mom is out at the store... You don't start watching a movie when you know it. she's going to come home soon. When you know dad's about to come home from work, you don't start messing around. You start pretending to do your homework, right? So that when he walks in the door, he's all happy that you're doing homework. You're not fooling around. And that's why we are instructed to examine ourselves, examine our beliefs, our confession of faith, 
the beliefs and confession of the church that we're attending, no matter if it's this one or the one that we're visiting for the weekend. But no, I'm not here to cast doubt into your heart. This Sunday is another opportunity to receive in faith the gifts of Christ's body and blood, forgiveness, strength, and life in the sacrament. And I promise you that I am here to give them to you. No tricks, no ifs, ands, or buts. Jesus really is here, but to follow him means struggle, suffering, and even death. And so he asks us today in our gospel reading, are you ready to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and to follow him? Even if that means to Jerusalem, even if that means outside Jerusalem, even if that means dead on a cross. Because when you follow him there, you don't stay there, just like how Jesus didn't stay there, as many people like to remind me. He was wrapped up, laid down in a tomb, and after three very strange Jewish days, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somehow that's three days, right? (laughs) He rises again on the third day's morning. He's risen, he's alive, he's not trapped in heaven when he ascends there, seated at the right hand of God. He can go wherever he wants to go. Where would you go if you could go wherever you want to go? Guess where Jesus chooses to go? Our altar. And so I invite you this Sunday to come up and to meet him there. In Jesus' name, amen.